you for joining us. You are tuned into another live broadcast with Women and the Men of Excellence Outreach Ministries under the leadership of Apostle Dr. Faith Walters. This 21st century worldwide ministry is a church without walls or boundaries. The ministry is open to every individual seeking Bible education, spiritual leadership, and an online community that is faith-based, safe, supportive, and God-centered. Join our church family and benefit from our family empowerment, community outreach programs, and weekly services. We have live services on Mondays with our prayer line at 7 a.m. To participate, call 978-990-5000 using the access code 329073 number sign. We also go live on Wednesdays at 2 p.m. and on Sundays at 5 p.m. on our websites and all our social media platforms. We invite you to like, share, subscribe, and remember to turn on your notifications to get alerts when we go live. We want to hear from you. Please send your feedback and questions to our email, wamoministries at gmail.com. We're going to go into part two of our message, Maintain Your Focus. And we're working on the book of uh, book of Job. It's a book of poetry. It's a poetic verse, and this is dealing his is uh, dealing with loss. And we just reiterate in Job chapters one and two, we know that the enemy uh, went before God and and challenged God uh, about Job's. Um, you know, supportness and Job's, um, you know, his loyalty to the Lord. And God are, God knew who Job is. And he, um, see, the enemy at times want to make you feel, you know, that you're less than. So he thinks because you have certain things, certain possessions, why you serve God. But God, see, see, it's a good thing when God knows you, know how you operate. He knows your heart. So it doesn't matter how much people want to say what they want to say and do what they want to do. God knows how much and how far you will go, you know, and that you will not give up on him. So he said Job is a perfect man. He's blameless. You know, and God has put a, 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 a wall of protection around him. And, and the enemy knew this. And Job was a very wealthy man. He had a lot of oxen, a lot of servants. He had a lot of, I mean, sheep. He, he had so much cattle and, uh, you know, beautiful home. And, you know, and he, he also was a father of 10 children and seven boys and three three girls. So he was a very happy man, a man that was just going on. And he was one of those men that, you know, he would sacrifice lambs, wake up early in the morning and sacrifice lambs. So in case his children who were partying during the night, because they like to party at each other's homes. And uh, he decided, you know what, in case my children sinned while they were partying, 
I'm going to bring the sacrifice. Because back in those times, you could do all that. You know, Jesus changed everything now. So we don't need to sacrifice lambs no more. You know, Jesus, uh, he paid atonement for our sins. So he's redeemed us from our sins. So Job would do this in and out because he wanted to make sure he do what's right before God. And, you know, and I really admire Job for that too. To make sure he had all the I's crossed, all the I's, oh my God, all the I's dotted and all the T's crossed. You know, making sure that he's flowing with God, he's he's uh, in that communion with God, he's in that oneness with God. And he, he want to make sure his relationship with God to consistently be intact. So he want to make sure... He doesn't go do anything outside of the ordinary to displease God because he realizes God has been so good to him. So because God has been so good, he wants to consistently show his gratitude of how grateful he is for what God has done and what God has blessed him with. So he was a very thankful person. He was a, a man that, you know... Every, every day he got up, he just made sure he did something to honor God in the beauty of his holiness. And he was a man that was feared to his servants. He was, you know, he just did what he had to do and just really served God in, in, in the way he should be served and magnified and glorified. You know, so he, he looked to God for everything that he needed. So... Here it is, the enemy, uh, when when the he the heavenly council met, you know, the enemy, of course, going to put himself in the midst of it. Nobody invited him to come, but, you know, he got to come up in everything. He got to be in everybody's business. That's how he operates, you know. And he come there and sit and, you know, and he's talking about Job and, you know, he's having this conversation with God and, you know, God said, you consider my servant. And he said, ah, you just protecting him all the time. I guarantee you, take away all his possessions, everything he has, he's going to turn his back on you. So God said, okay, I'll allow you. I'm going to challenge you and understand this. That you will take everything you, you want to take, but guess what? He's not going to battle. But the enemy didn't want to believe that. So he said, okay, I'm going to allow you to do it. He took everything. He took his children. He lost all 10 of his children in one day. And he lost uh, his cattle. He lost his um, servants. He lost practically everything. So he was left with practically nothing. All his wealth was gone just like that. In an instant, in a moment, his wealth just disappeared. You know, and each... One person come back to tell him. By the time he, one message went down, there was another message coming forth. So he was grieved. And, and, and what grieved him more was when he lost his 10 children all at once. And, he, and you know, after that, he still didn't sin. He still did not, did not turn his back on God. No, he didn't. He just kept on going. Then next thing you know, the, in chapter 2, remember, the enemy came back again. Sit before God, and he he challenged God again. They say, "Yeah, if I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna attack his 
health. I'm a, if you take his uh, messing up and put sores on his body and, you know, you know, do what you do what you do to make sure, you know, he's suffering, you know, and God say, yeah, you go ahead and attack his health, but you don't kill him. Don't allow his life to be taken. You're going to attack his body, but leave him alone. Everything else, leave it alone. So, of course, the enemy attacked him with sores from his head to his toe. And his wife, seeing she was shattered by the loss of her children and her wealth, his wife was overwhelmed with grief and anger as her husband agonized with the additional pain of boils all over his body. She laughed out at Job and, and, and his God. And Esther, she said, still hanging on to this God of yours. Lots of good is going to do you. You know, ending your life would be better than living in this misery. Imagine that. The love of his wife is telling him that we lose everything. So what's the sense of living? What's the sense of continuing going on? We ain't got nothing now. You know? And, and she said, do you still hold fast to your integrity? You still hold fast to trust in God, this God? She's telling him to curse God and die. You remember in Job chapter 2 verse 9. Curse him and die. And of course, of course Job said to her, you talk of one of the foolish women. You think you just accept everything good from God's? Sometimes things that are not so pleasant come from God as well. God allowed things to happen. You know, but Job, he didn't allow all that to stop him. He just forgave her and said, honey, you know, I got this. Don't worry about it. You know, so Satan is the author of suffering, pain, grief, and loss. He hopes to use these weapons to turn people away from God. And that's exactly what he was trying to do with Job. Okay, he was trying his best to make sure that Job turned away from God. You see, his wife, she just didn't, she just really didn't believe anymore. Okay, because all the stuff was going on. She's looking at things in the natural realm, looking at the circumstances. Sometimes you got to look beyond that. You know, and, and if Job has been blameless, see, he, he was trying to understand what he did wrong, but he didn't understand what was happening. So he just let it, let it flow, let it go. It will work. He just believed in his heart. I know, I believe, you know, he had this thought in his heart. He said, somehow, I may not understand it now, but later on the road, it may, it will come to me. It will come to me. Yeah, I may be sitting here right now, and I may be going through all this stuff right now, the changes right now, but it will come to me. So I'm, I'm, I'm giving this message before I go on that, you know, those who are experiencing loss, and sometimes you got lost back to back, and some I've known some people lost family members during this this COVID situation. They've lost a lot of back to every time you turn around, somebody's dying in their family. And 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 the sad thing is a lot of them could not go to see their loved ones. Some of them have thank God they have FaceTime if they're able to make that connection. Some of them are not able to do that. You know? And so if those who are experiencing loss right now and you know, you don't understand what's going on. Just hold on. You know, I know it hurts, you know, but God is an answer. God is something, even through all what you're going through. 
there is an answer coming forth. You know, so cry if you must, but know that God is working it out for you. It's not the end. Job knew uh, in his heart, I believe he knew in his heart that, you know what? There's got to be something to this, but I can't put my hand on it. I can put my mind on it right now, but something is about to go forth. But, you know, I don't understand it, but I'm going to work it through. So I, I am I am imploring those, you know, a bit before I even start out, you know, that God is working it out for you. So just hold on. Hold on. You know, hang in there. God is able to see you through. So we're going to go into chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5. And then we remember to the end of chapter 2, Job has three friends, Eliaphaz, uh, you know, and we have Eliaphaz. Let me just get the names. Eliaphaz, the Temanite, Bildad. And we have, um, I got I to remember where they come from. I got it, okay. And... So we have his three friends. Okay, here we go. In verse 11, Eliaphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuite, and Zophar the Nehemiah. For they had made an appointment together to come and mourn with him and to comfort him. So here we have uh, Job. Um, that was verse 2, verse 11. And his his friends came to uh, console him and to sit with him and to just offer their presence and just to be quiet in the moment because they saw how their friend was suffering. So our title today is continue talking about maintaining, maintain your focus. Okay, that's the theme. And uh, in our quotes is talking about friendship. So between chapters uh, 3 to 4 to 27, 3 to 27, uh, we're going to be talk, seeing where uh, Job was having dialogue with his friends. And the first friend that spoke up was Eliaphaz, the Tiamamite. But before we go his, to his response, we're going to be reading on uh, Job chapter 3, how Job deplores his birth. Remember, Job condemns his birth. Job cursed the day he was born. So I'm going to read it as I'm reading. I'm going to be expounding. So I'm going to go through this fast because it's three three chapters. But uh, it's a lot of dialogue. You know, so, uh, you know, I want you to flow with me. And of course, when you talk about friendship, friendship is you have an association of familiarity and companionship. So you, you, you've been with this, these people a long time. You have some kind of, uh, you know, some connection, you know. And uh, um, friends, uh, these friends should be, friends should be, be there for you. True friends should be there for you through thick and thin. So you know your true friends when they show up, especially when, you're, when, you, when you have a need. I mean, uh, they're there most of the time, but when you truly have to, sometimes you have some friends that that's not there every single moment. But when you're going through something, they are there in the moment. You see them show up and their presence is there, you know, and, and they, they may do things to help you, but 
that they, they, they show up in the moment to let 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 you know that you know I'm a true friend. I'm gonna be here for you. So here it is. Uh, 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 um, that um, in chapter three, Job chapter three, Job is cursing his his birth, and in chapter four, you're gonna hear Eliphaz the Temanite what he's gonna say, his response after Job speaks. Uh, Job 3 verse 1 says, After this, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. And Job spoke and said, May the day perish on which I was born, and the night in which it was set. A male child is conceived. May that day be darkness. May God above not seek it, nor the light shine upon it. May darkness and the shadow of death claim it. May a cloud settle on it. May the blackness of the day terrify it. As of the night... May darkness seize it. May it not rejoice among the days of the year. May it not come unto the number of the months. And I'm reading the New, New King James Version. Sorry, New King James Version. Oh, may that night be barren. May no joyful sound come into it. May those curse it who curse the day. Those are ready to arouse the violin. So he's just really lamenting. He is just going through his pain, you know, because he don't understand. So he's just talking. You know, when, when you're going through grief, you're, you're just sometimes just rambling on, just talking stuff and probably in your mind saying, why, why, why? You know, then he say, may the stars of this of this morning be dark, may look for light, but have none and not see the dawning of the day. Because it did not shut up the doors of my mother's womb, nor hide sorrow from my eyes. Why did I not die at birth? Why did I got to, why do I have to live to go deal with this, this anguish that I'm dealing with? That's what he's saying. Why did I not perish when I came from the womb? Why did the knees, why did the knees receive me? Or why the breast that, that I should nurse? Why, why is my mother even giving me milk to nourish me? Why would she even bother do this if I'm going to go through all of this now? For now, I would have lain still and been quiet. I would have been asleep. Then I would have been at rest. So now he's thinking, you know, she ain't do all of that. I, I would not be here now to be dealing with this. With kings and councils of the earth who built ruins for themselves or with princes who had gold, who filled their houses with silver. Or why was I not hidden like a stillborn child? Wow. Like infants who never saw light. There the wicked cease from troubling and there the weary are at rest. So he's just saying, why did I, why am I living? Why am I living? You know, I'm not guilty. So, I, you know, why should I even be here? How many of yourself ask yourself this question when you're going through uh, different types of losses? I remember losses can be not only uh, uh, death of a loved one. It, it can be loss of a job, loss of a marriage, loss, you know, different type of losses, relationships, some things, you know, these things, these are all part different types of losses. Okay. But this here is Job losing everything he has. So he just talking out loud. They're the prisoners, but they did not hear the voice of the oppressor. Verse 19, the small and great are there and the servant is free from his master. Why is light given to him who is in misery and life to the bitter of soul? Who long for death, but it does not come. 
and search through it more than hidden treasures. You know, sometimes, you know, make me think about sometimes people are, are, are grieving so much that they don't want to live anymore. They want to give up on life. Some people sometimes go into depression. Some people just kind of just shut down and, and stay in their homes and don't go outside because they're numb to the pain of what happened to them, you know. And sometimes they're blaming themselves as to why. What, what did I, did I miss something? Did, did something go wrong that I didn't notice? You know, so these these are things that these are things that, uh, you know, information is going through Job's mind. You know, and he's just talking and just going on. And in verse 23, why is light given to a man whose way is hidden and whom God has edged in? For my sign comes before I eat and my groanings pour out like water. For the thing I greatly feared has come upon me. And what I dreaded has happened to me. I am not at ease, nor am I quiet. I have no rest, for trouble comes. So now he's in this dilemma. He's just, just in, in just off what's happening to him. And he just can't understand. So this is one of his friends. The first one speaks up. Remember, he has three friends. And all three of them are going to talk. Eliaphaz, he, he believes... He's, you know, after they finished their lament, sitting with him for seven days, all of a sudden they don't speak about that he spoke. And Eliphaz think Job has sinned. So he think that Job done something why this calamity has come upon him. Now, you got, you got a friend. Why your friend going to sit there and say to you that maybe you have sinned? Why you have these problems now? You know, Proverbs 20, verse 6 says, Many will say that they are loyal friends, but who can find one who is truly reliable? True friends are reliable even in difficulties. Yes, they came and sat with him. But then to sit up there and blame him for something, that's not showing true friendships. His friends thought he was guilty of some unknown sin, so they made us a strong effort Trying to help him to repent. Repent from what? So here it is. Eliphaz the, the Temanite answered and said. That's chapter 4. Verse 2. If one attempts a word with you. Will you become weary? But who can withhold himself from speaking? Surely you have instructed many. And you have threatened weak hands. Your words have upheld him who was stumbling. And you have threatened the feeble knees. And now it comes upon you and you are weary? Wow, he's accusing him. Oh my goodness. It touches you and you are troubled? Oh, what? Job is not human? So when we're going through things, uh, things don't happen to us. So, uh, you know, we're not supposed to feel any type of pain. So in other words, he's saying that, yeah, you, you did all these things, but now this is happening to you. So why are you even worried about it? Why are you even troubled? It is not your reverence, it is not your reverence, your confidence, and it tells you if your own ways, your hope. So in some way, you try to console him, in other ways, you try to condemn him. Think about it. Verse 7. Remember now, whoever perished being innocent, or where were the upright ever cut off? Wow. Even as I have seen those who plow iniquity and sow trouble reap the same. By the blast of God, they perish, and by the breath of his anger, they are consumed. 
The roaring of the lion, the voice of the fierce lion, and the teeth of the young lions are broken. The old lion perishes for lack of prey, and the cubs of the lioness are scattered. Verse 12. Now a word was secretly brought to me, and my ear received a whisper of it. In disquieting thoughts and the visions of the night, when deep sleep falls on men. Fear come upon me and trembling, which made all my bones shake. Then a spirit passed before my face. The hair of my body stood up. It stood still, but I could not discern its appearance. A form was before my eyes. There was silence and I heard a voice saying, Can a mortal be more righteous than God? Can a man be more pure than his maker? If he puts no trust in his servants, if he charges his angels with error, how much more those who dwell in houses of glory? Whose foundations in the dust, who were crushed before a moth. They are broken in pieces from morning till evening. They perish forever with no one regarding. Does not your own excellence go away? They die even without wisdom. So he's telling some story about himself, you know, and what happened and the outcome of, of what transpired. So He's just, uh, you know, trying to compare himself, you know, in some way, not really being empathetic in the moment. He, he was just really, this is like a, a lot of accusations, you know, about that. A lot of accusations, you know, he was making it in, in the moment, you know, but um, Job was just listening to them. And just listen to the arguments. And in ver in chapter 5, he continues, he said, Job is chastened by God. Chapter 5 says, call out now, is there anyone who will answer you? And to which of the holy ones will you turn? For wrath kills a foolish man. Wow. And en envy sla slays a simple one. I've seen the foolish taking root, but still that cursed his dwelling place. Hmm. His sons are far from safety. They are crushed in the gate. And there is no deliverer because the hungry eat up his harvest, taking it even from the thorns. For affliction does not come from the dust, nor does trouble spring from the ground. Yet man is born to trouble as the sparks fly upward. Oh my God. Now this is what he telling him. But as for me, I would see God. Now, Job is Job been doing this, okay? But Job is just, the answer is not coming yet. God is waiting. God is waiting. Because, you know, God allowed the enemy to do this to Job. And he's, he's proving something, showing the enemy that I have one person I can depend on. So he's showing him that, hey, not everybody is, is like... What, who you think they are, they're going to bow because they're up against the wall. So here it is. Um, Eliaphaz is telling him to seek God to repent. Repent of whatever sin he committed so this calamity, this shame, this pain, whatever it is, will be gone, will be eradicated. And he said, uh, verse 8, but as for me, I would seek God and to God I would commit my cause. Who does great things and unsearchable, marvelous things without number? He gives rain on the earth and sends waters on the fields. He 
He sits on high those who are lonely and those who mourn are lifted to safety. He frustrates the devices of the crafty so that their hands cannot carry out their plans. He catches the wise in their own craftiness and the counsel of the cunning comes quickly upon them. They meet with darkness in the daytime and grope at new time, noontime as in the night. But he saves the needy from the sword, from the mouth of the mighty, and from their hand. So the poor have hope, and injustice shuts her mouth. Be behold, happy is the man whom God corrects, of course. Therefore, do not despise the chastening of the Almighty. So he is feeling that God is must be doing something to him while he's dealing with this. So he must he must have done something. You know, and he's sitting there just making a man feeling less than how he's already feeling. You know, think about this when you have friends around you and, you know, you're feeling really down. And instead of telling you something to uplift your spirit, they're making you feel worse. I mean, if they want to say something, that's up to them. But don't say it in your presence, you know. And you don't need to be sitting here in pain and to have... Someone you would consider a friend to be putting you down. You don't need that. You, you, you don't need people like that around you. Because if, if that's how they're going to be, you need to have them disperse or go somewhere. Because that's like negative energy. Okay, so here Eliaphaz is still saying, verse 18, For he bruises, but he binds up. He wounds, but his hands make whole. He shall deliver you in six troubles. Yes, in seven, no evil shall touch you. In famine, he should redeem you from death and in war from the power of the sword. You shall be hidden from the scrooge of the tongue and you shall not be afraid of destruction when it comes. You shall laugh at destruction and famine and you shall not be afraid of the beast of the earth. For you shall have a covenant with the stones of the field and the beast of the field shall be at peace with you. Verse 24, you shall know that your tent is in peace. You shall visit your dwelling and find nothing amiss. You shall also know that your descendants shall be many. And your offspring like the grass of the earth. You shall come to the grave at a full age. As a, a sheaf of grain ripens in its season. Behold, this we have searched out. It, it is true. Hear it and know for yourself. We're going to stop there. We just read Job 3, 4, and 5. And we know in Job chapter 3, Job spoke. He uh, cursed his birth. And now Eliaphaz, one of the first friends, he has three friends who's going to be dialoguing. And, you know, he's just really talking to Job in a way where it just wasn't fair. You know, he's telling him... It, it said, in time of trouble, we should turn to God. Job had more than his share of trouble. Yes, he did. And none of it was his fault. It really wasn't his fault. Eliphaz had the right idea when he said that. In trouble such as Job, he would see God. That's true. Sometimes we think we can handle everything by ourselves. Or we may be too self-centered to give our problems to God. A crisis may just be what we need to drive us back to him. When we trust God in our crisis, he proves himself faithful and able to see us through. So, 
Eliphaz may have had the right idea. Okay. But he needed to be a little more empathetic, empathetic to help Job to uh, be, help him through the process. Showing empathy. You know, when I, when I taught in school, you know, I taught when I first started teaching and I had a class of students who were, um, they had challenges, reading challenges. And, and you know, I taught special ed for many years and a lot of them, you know, had so much things going on. When I met them, they had low self-esteem and there were so many things happening with them, you know, and I, 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 I gave them a challenge. You know, I gave him a challenge and I, I said to them, I put two words on the board. You want me to give you sympathy or you want me to give you empathy? So I explained to them, well, sympathy, when I give you sympathy, I'm feeling sorry for you. I am, uh, you know, you know, just feeling very bad that you're going through the situation, you know. And just, I do whatever I can to help you. But then I put the meaning of empathy. Empathy, yes, you may be going through your situation. You may have had these short changes in your life. You may have uh, feeling down and you may be feeling that you're not able to do it or you're able to be challenged to greatness. But when I give you empathy, Empathy is giving you a challenge to push you forward, okay? To push you in a place of where you've probably never gone before. A place of purpose, a place that is to change your, your surroundings, change your circle, change your mindset. That's empathy. So, so I made them choose. You want me to feel sorry for you, showing you sympathy? And stroking your back and saying, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, okay, you'll be all right. You know, or you want me to show you empathy where I can teach you to, go, to work through your pain, work through your loss, work through uh, whatever it is that you need to, to get you to the next level. So this is what... I feel Eliphaz should have been doing, you know, in to help to ease the pain, the pressure, is to give him a challenge, give him another focus, you know. But instead of sitting there, you know, just condemning him and telling him that you sinned, you dug things that you were supposed to do, you probably didn't know it, you know, and. Uh, you know, just going through, making him feel less than who he already is, you know. And if if he's going to do all that, it wouldn't make any sense for him to, uh, I wouldn't call that being a friend. Uh, because sometimes when you're, like I said, you deal with grief, you need somebody there who's going to either sit and be quiet or they're going to do something to... Um, to uphold or to to encourage you and to to uh, uh, push you into a, a place of wholeness, 
that's that's what it is. You you need somebody there to, you know, to just walk you through and say, you know what, we're in this thing together. And well, however long it takes, we're gonna get through this. So I, I want you to keep your head up. I, I want you, in spite of all what's going on, keep your head up. And remember, I'm here for you. Okay, that's what empathy is, and that's what uh, Eliphaz should be given to his friend. If you are a true friend, you know, and ever so often your your friend is going through, uh, you know, send him a text, a word of encouragement. You know, if you get them on the phone, you know, talk for like a two seconds. How are you? I'm remembering you. I'm checking on you. I'm praying for you. You ain't got to be long, you know, and just do something in the moment, you know. So friendship is so important, especially because, you know, the Bible says for you to have friends, you got to show yourself friendly. So if you've been with a person for a long time and, you know, and, and you're expecting a little bit more, you're expecting uh, something uh, better than this. You know, you don't want nobody putting you down and make you feel, you know, different. You know, so those who are who are dealing with loss and you have friends around you, sometimes, you know, when you go through this now, you can see who your true friends are. You know, and who's going to be there in your corner to help you through. You could bring a flower, something to brighten up the room or something give them some kind of color some something to make things better so friendship is very important you know you know it's good to even have one friend you may not have a whole lot of friends but if you got one good friend you're doing well especially as you age as you get older if you can still have a one or two friends you're doing you're truly blessed you know but these are friends that you want that is going to help you 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 need friends that's going to be uh, truthful. You don't want friends that going to tell you what you want to hear, you know, you know, but it depends on the situation. But in this situation, he, he needed to be empowered. He need, needed to be, uh, 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 um, to uh, push into a level where even though you're going through grief, you know, and you're experiencing loss, there is still light at the end of the tunnel. So, you know, friends, true friends will encourage them. You know what? You'll get through this. We'll get through this together. You know? So this is what true friends does. So friendship, you know, when you're friends with someone, when God put people, true friends in your life, cherish them. Okay? And cherish these moments that you're with them through the good, the bad, and the ugly. Okay? Don't sit and condemn and put them down as to say, why you, you must you did something, why this is happening to you. You must have not, you must have pushed the wrong button, something you must have did. You know, come up with all kinds of excuses. You know what I mean? But I just want to, you know, the best friend, a best friend you can have is Jesus Christ. If you ain't got nobody else around you, if you ain't got not a soul to console you when you're going through, there is always somebody that's sticking closer than a brother, and that's Jesus Christ. He is the author and finisher of your faith. 
you know? So you have got to understand that we may deal with challenges in our lives. And, you know, all of this is, loss is all part of life as well. But it's how you handle it. It's how you get through. And everybody, they say everybody grieve differently. Everybody take time to go through it. Some people, uh, they, they grieve and they, you know, they go on for many, many years. You know, some people grieve for maybe uh, a month, six months, a year, could be years, you know, depending. But when you're a child of God and you experience loss, the one you got to depend on is Jesus Christ. Yes, cry if you must, because you're human. But the only way you're going to get through it, that's why it's, it's always good to, to, to know Christ, especially when you're dealing with loss, because we don't escape these things because we are in the Lord. You know, it's unfortunate that people don't know Christ you know, they hold on to grief for a long time. A long time. You know, they don't let go. They, they don't allow God to heal their heart and let them continue to live. Some some people want to just give up. Some people, the grief is so bad that they take their lives because their loved one is gone and they can't function without their loved one. You know, and, and the funny thing is that loved one would want them to go on. That want, that loved one would want them to live. You know, because what you got to do, the life that you have with that person, uh, death comes to everybody. You know, so something something that's going to happen, inevitable, sometimes, but you know, sometimes things happen because of act of man and, and, and different circumstances that you ain't got no control over. And it happened, just like Job had a control of his situation. And it happened, but it's how you handle it. Like I said before, it's how you get through and get to that place of peace. You know, and the only way that the peace will come is when you give it over to the Lord. I remember when I read it in St. John, St. John 11, I believe, where um, when Lazarus died, you know, and Lazarus and Jesus were very close. And in verse 35, Jesus wept. You know, he wept bitterly when he lost Lazarus. He was grieved because at this time, Jesus was in human form. So he grieved for his friend. You know, and, and, and his sis, one of his sisters was saying that if you had come, you know, he died and you, you just coming up now. You know, but there was a reason why he came when he did. He was he was proving something because he was going to bring Lazarus back from the grave, you know. And it, it's so funny how, you know, Jesus, he cried for his friend. He was hurting, you know, but it was something that he was doing. A miracle was about to come forth. So Jesus did certain things in certain ways, you know, so... Understand, Jesus was able to console his sisters and able to get them through this situation. Because when he brought Lazarus back, it's like, wow, that was so powerful. You know, that was an encouragement too for them. That, you know, this miracle that Jesus did in their presence. You know, so it's a lot, you know, to understand that grief 
you know, it, it's something that we all, we all experience one time or the other. But knowing that Jesus will help you through when you give it to him. Psalm 23, uh, you know, verse 4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shed of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, that rather than thy staff, they comfort me. So God will comfort you in times of your dilemma, in times of your need, just like what he, he was doing here for Joe. You know, and I feel very bad for his friends, you know, that his friends did not show themselves friendly in this time, in this time, in this time of need, in this time of suffering. You know, so uh, people of God, saints of God, those who are experiencing any type of loss today, I just want to encourage you to hold on. And, uh... Job, he may have cursed the day of his birth, but he still was maintaining himself. He was still doing everything he can not to curse God. I can remember when uh, uh, at the end of chapter 2, okay, um, in chapter, let me see, chapter 1, chapter 2. Okay, and verse 13. Okay, now let's go back a little bit. Okay, there was one part where Job worshipped God. Job worshipped him. Job spent time in worship. Okay, he just stood there and worshipped God and didn't let the situation, you know, get to him to the place where, you know, he was distraught, yes, but he worshipped. Okay, that was, okay, chapter 1, verse 20. Here it says, And Job arose, tore his robe, and shaved his head, and worshipped. Verse 20. Job tore his robe, shaved his head, fell to the ground, and worshipped. So it may seem odd that he did that. But when we're going through challenges... Because I'm sharing with you stuff that I've been through. When I was going through a lot of pain and suffering. I did what Job did. I danced. I clapped my hands. I give God glory. I honor him. I began to sing worship songs. You know. I, I just tried to maintain. Uh, you know. My demeanor. You know, when I'm around people, because people didn't know sometimes what the pain that I was feeling. You know, but God knew. God knows all my tears, the, the many tears I've shed, the many nights, you know, when, when I wrote my book, the things that I was going through, the losses that I've had in my life. You know, not only a, a, a death of a, of a very close, my grandmother, that that just to this day still, I still remember it because I wasn't there, you know, I left her when she was young and I had to see her when I got older in the grave. I didn't get a chance so many years passed for me not to have that connection to her, you know, and that gripped me. 
you know, but I still remember the things that she shared with me, even though she was another country and I was here, you know, I still remember those things. So the memories of her still live on and losses of a childhood, losses of, you know, losing different jobs, you know, and, you know, not having think I had think thinking not thinking that I had enough to 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 do a, a, a good job or have enough to really get anything or go anywhere. You know, losses of not having support of family around me and, you know, people there to to stand with me. Losses of friends who I thought were my friend turned out they weren't my friends. It was only there to see what they could get from me or what they could feed off me. And because and, and, sometimes people see in you that you don't see for yourself. Friends that turn out to be fake, you know, that some of them were just undercover to, to do other things, just to spy on me and whatever I say, they go back and tell my family members. So, so these are things I experienced in my life, a lot of losses. I went through about 40 years of dealing with loss from a, a young person till adulthood, you know. So I, I've, I've been challenged a lot in many ways. But the important thing is and I've cried a lot as well. And I've had a, like I said, a lot, I had a lot of fake friends. I had to get rid of a lot of people, even in ministry. I found out people just hanging with me and they claimed that they were my sister and they were my brother. They was only there just to take, take, take and not to see me expand, not to see me grow, not to see me build, you know, want to make sure they, they pull on me enough to stop me, to distract me from my purpose. The enemy used them to distract me, to slow me down, you know, to make me stop and think about what they've done, you know, and, and, and how am I going to go on and, you know, just having me do different things in thinking in my mind, you know, how can I do this without this person? They were helping me and all of a sudden now they're gone and then now I see their true colors and some of them are just using, using me because they want money. I mean, different, different things uh, that was happening, you know. And I dealt with so much, but through it all, through all the tears I've shed, through, through all the pain, through all the anguish, you know, when I came into that right relationship with God, when my life changed and, and, and I understood who God is, you know, and what he can be in my life and how he let me know that through all the suffering, all the tears that you shed, daughter, I'm here. I've been here for you. And even when you wasn't acknowledging me, I was here for you. So, you know, I'm saying this to say that, you know, allow God to, to be that friend that you need. If you don't have nobody around you to, to help you through your, your different processes in your life, Open your heart to the Lord and allow the Lord to be that person to help you. And, and don't lose trust. Don't lose your confidence in the Lord. Just hold tight to him. You know, so I'm encouraging you today. As you see, as I read about friendship, the first friend, Eliaphaz and and see what he did. And I, I want you to spend some time reading 
these these scriptures, this book of poetry about Job, and and just to see where it's going. Allow the Lord to minister to you. So as I'm reading it, things are coming to you, and you think about thoughts and put them in the in the chat, you know, and uh, and you know, and so others will be encouraged by your thoughts as well. So I just thank God today. Each of you that uh, that you heard this word, I pray that something I've said will minister to your spirit and to change the direction of your life. So if you if you're dealing with any type of loss, like I said, maintain who you are in God, and don't lose focus. Don't lose that 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 sight that you have of God. Just keep holding on to Him, and He'll take you through your life. God bless you. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to pray for those who, uh, those right now who desire to, to serve the Lord and you desire to come into that right relationship with him. He is much able and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So I, uh, the ABC uh, acknowledge that you have sinned be believe in your heart and see confess your sins before God and allow him to come into your heart and cleanse you and make you clean. So I pray that your heart, you have surrendered your life to the Lord today. He said, Lord, forgive me of my sins and I surrender my life to you. And I want you to fill me, make me whole. And I want to live my life in you. And I thank you for Jesus Christ who died for me, that I can be free. And I open up my heart to you today, and I thank you. And in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, you are saved. And if you have uh, given your heart to the Lord, please Write me a line at P.O. Box 2077, Mount Vernon, New York, 10551. Or you can send me an email of Adwamo Ministries, W as in weather, A as in apple, M as in Mary, O as in ox, E as in Eric, ministries at gmail.com. Also, you can go to the website. Again, W as in weather, A as in apple, M-O-E dot org. And sign up there and to send me a word, a word of testimony. And tell me what God is doing. Even if the communion you take and God heal your body through the communion, send me something on the website. Send me something to the email. So let me know. And let me know that you surrender your life to the Lord. And if you decide to join this ministry, you also can do so through the website as well as wamu.org and e-membership. We'll be glad to have you and I'm glad to be your pastor. And you can call on me when you need me for prayer or for counseling. 914 is the phone number 699-2482 or 914-837-9635. And if you need to make an appointment to... Uh, to connect 
you could go to the website as well and sign up. And we just thank God for you. So I would love to hear from you. And I, I would like for you to just keep standing and keep growing in the Lord and knowing that with God, all things are possible. And just keep it holding on. That's all I can tell you. All I can do is keep repeating myself that you got to hold on and don't let nothing know, whatever it is, don't let nothing stretch you to the point where you lose sight of who you are. Just like, you know, stand like Job. In spite of all that he's going through, the enemy thought that he was going to break him, you know, but he held on. And he's going to hold on. You're going to see as we go through these chapters, you're going to see how he's holding on. And he's not letting go. And we'll see in the end that God will, God will answer your prayer. We just thank God today. So I would love for you to listen to the announcements. The following is an overview of the programs and offerings of this ministry. Did you know that you can become a member of WAMO Outreach Ministry? It doesn't matter where in the world you are. You are welcome to become a member at Women and Men of Excellence Outreach Ministry. Simply visit our website wamoe.org slash membership. Are you a church leader who is not yet online or need help in designing an online church platform to include online evangelism in your ministry? WAMO Outreach Ministry has a sponsorship program just for you. Through this digital outreach program, your church can be safely connected online for the benefit of those who wish to connect with your ministry for virtual worship. Simply visit wamoe.org slash network. Upcoming weekly events. Join us this and every Monday on our prayer line at 7 a.m. To participate, call 978-990-5000 using the access code 329073 number sign. On Wednesdays at 2 p.m. and on Sundays at 5 p.m., we go live. Join via our website, www.wamo.org, and also on YouTube and Facebook at Wamo Ministries. This ministry is positioned to teach the gospel in the streets and online, to reach the lonely, broken, the sick, and the wounded but it needs your help. Partner with us through giving tax-deductible donations. Here's how to give a tithe, offering, or a donation. Go to wamo.org give and choose from the options monthly, one-time gift, or radio fundraising media initiative. Check out using our one of the following secure apps. Givelify, under the ministry name, Women and Men of Excellence Outreach Ministries. Zell, using email address wamoministries at gmail.com. PayPal.me slash wamo or Cash App, dollar sign 
Outreach 22 or any of the other payment portals via our website. You can also make checks payable to Women and Men of Excellence Outreach Ministries using our mailing address. P.O. Box 2077, Mount Vernon, New York, 10551. Your generosity will positively change lives. We are happy to introduce you to the Excel Project. Are you between the ages of 16 to 24 years old, an ex-convict, or a senior citizen living in Mount Vernon? If your answer is yes, this program is for you. The mission of the Excel Project is to enrich the lives of young men and women by providing basic life-building skills and vocational training that will ultimately accelerate your entry into the workforce. Visit theexcelproject.com today and sign up to learn more. familyallthewaycom is a family empowerment and self-develop online portal designed in partnership with Let's Talk Relationships on UME Radio, a digital radio station broadcasting live 24-7 out of Bronx, New York. Apostle Dr. Faith Walters uses her own story and experiences to teach and counsel women and men on how to build healthy relationships for positive life outcomes. Sign up today. I am just uh, hoping that someone uh, purchased this CD. It's, uh, it's called the Spiritual Erotic Expression of Love. Yes, uh, if it is mostly geared to couples, and this will help to inspire couples to uh, be more uh, mindful and be more appreciative of what God has given them. And it's, it's, it's a very good stimulator to build up yourself in the bedroom. Yes, it's highly sexual. Yes, so it has that mindset for you to think on uh, sex. That's what it's all about because God ordained it for marriage. So if you are married, you should be functioning at the junction. And this CD does help to stimulate your mindset. So if you have lost your buzz or lost your fizz or whatever it is, you better get right down dirty diggy with it. Come on now. We're not going to neglect that part of our marital bed. We know a part of marriage is communication. You know, you're verbally talking, but also connecting with your body is another form of communication as well. So this CD will certainly help you in that area. It will, if you have a little, little, um, little um, slow in that area or something kind of offbeat and you kind of lose it, like I said before, come on, put that spot back in there, honey, and get back on that horse. Okay? All right, now. I ain't joking now. This is real. Okay? God said, marriage is honorable. The bed is on the files, so you better work it. Come on, you got your husband, got your wife, work it. 
make that bedroom spicy. Come on now, I'll work it. Because let me tell you something, God made marriage for a reason and it's for us to enjoy each other. So it's important for you to spend time in that place as well. Not only like I said before, communicating through mouth, con connecting with each other, you know, praying, doing different things, but also get jiggy in the bedroom. Okay, so this CD will definitely help you in that area. Trust me. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's kind of heavy. So if you got issues and got some, you know, uh, uh, things about sex, about your body parts, well, I don't know if you can listen to this, if you can contain yourself, because this is highly sexual. I ain't playing. Okay, so uh, get your copy today at the website. Oh, trust me, it will blow your mind. You get a little little tip of it at the um, at the uh, website, but I want you to order it. And once the order comes through, I send the copy out to you. And uh, you just order it on the website, and it the, the you know it's it's five dollars, and uh, you know plus you pay shipping and handling to get it to you. So and order one for you know your couples. You got your young people getting married. Thank God, some of them are getting married. Give them a copy in there. Give them a copy of the CD in their um, in their gift bag or you know something. Whatever you're doing, you know, throw a copy in there. Buy a few, you know. Give out to married couples to spice up their relationship. All right. So thank you. God bless.